0: Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of A View from the Top. I'm Adrian Cropley. A View from the Top is a regular podcast from the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence where I interview some of the world's leading communication professionals as we explore their career journey. Today I'm very excited to be speaking with Amanda Hamilton-Atwell who is an IABC Fellow and career communication professional and probably one of the most influential communication leaders within the African region. She lives in Pretoria and works with some of the biggest global organisations through her company, Business DNA. I have to say, she's just a gun and at communication research and measurement, and I'm pleased to have worked with her on many projects. I'm also very pleased that she's a faculty member with the Centre for Strategic Communication Excellence. So welcome, Amanda. It's absolutely brilliant to be catching up with you. Um, and I've lost track of how many cities in the world we've probably met in. <laughs>
0: uh hi Adrian yes um, and I cannot't even remember where did we meet the first time, but uh it must have been at the i b c um conference but it is as it has been the most amazing journey with you and with the i b c and everything that we've done together because uh Yes. We've done some great projects with the IBC. We
1: have we've, we've been able to to uh, team up on a number of major major initiatives yeah. and so on. And it's been brilliant.
0: Initiatives.
1: Yes. <laughs> Kept us busy and exhausted at the same time, Amanda. So, I wanted to explore a little bit about your career. Where did it all start for you? And I let, let's go back to the school days, which wasn't too long ago, but you know, what was it you studied? You know, did you wake up one morning and say, I want to be a communication professional? Uh,
0: I grew up in a small town in South Africa, and uh, a proper goals studied three things. You either became a doctor if you were very clever, or a teacher, or a li- librarian. And then my sister, who was at university at that stage, came back and she said, there's a new uh, program, journalism. And I thought, hmm, that sounds like a great idea. So I mentioned it to my career guidance teacher that I'm going to study journalism. And she was mm-hmm. so shocked because that was just one level above prostitution. <laughs> but nevertheless, I went to university uh, the, at the, that time, the Boczestrom University, um, and I studied um, communication or I, I started off uh, in journalism and then in my second year, it was changed to communication science and it was actually the first university in South Africa that presented a program mm-hmm. in communication science. So we were the first group of students that graduated mm-hmm. with communication science. and then my professor felt that, Um, You might have graduated in communication science, but if you have not worked as a journalist, you cannot be good in anything. (laughs) So for us to uh, get to graduate, we had to do six months practical training Mm. at a a newspaper. And uh, so lo and behold, I worked at a newspaper, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. I didn't enjoy going to accidents or uh, negative scenes. Yep. But I, in, I really enjoyed going to fashion parades and the <laughs> theatre and to um, do, you know, just to comment. Is, is, is this where you got your fashion garden. sense, Amanda? Yes, this is yes. That's
1: why you always present so very well.
0: <laughs> so I enjoyed that, and that's where my career started. Yeah. And, but I started with a government grant, uh, so, after the six months, I had to go and work for the Department of Information, uh, which was the uh, better name for the propaganda arm of uh, the government. Right. And I had to work for them for three years. So, now, I'm a newbie. I need this job. I have to work back my grant, my study grant. and But after 18 months, I said, no. You know, I still have my conscience, I cannot go on with that. So I ventured into public relations, and that was in the heyday of balloons and boobs. (laughs) And after six months, I said, no, sorry, this is not for me either. So I um, joined the University of South Africa. I became a lecturer and I really enjoyed it because I I enjoyed studying and I wanted to study further. So um, I did my honors and my master's and eventually my PhD um, at uh, UNISA. And then after I've done my PhD, I got this empty feeling of, so now what? Mm. Are you going for the rest of your life going to teach students about uh, the functional theory of communication. And I was a little bit disillusioned Mm. because I felt there must be a life out there. So I resigned and um, I joined the National Productivity Institute. Ah, And I worked there. I thought that I will work there for just two or three years because uh, I just wanted to get my feel. You know, how does it feel to work in a real business and Mm -hmm. not in academia? And I stayed for 15 years. And then I decided that there's a time to come and a time to go. Mm -hmm. And it was a good time to go.
1: Good time to go. Um,
0: So I resigned and I started my own business, Business DNA, And that is where I am. That's where you got today. That is where I am today.
1: What what do you think, in terms of the jobs that you've done in your career, which one influenced you the most? And and it's usually your positive influence. It's the one I really enjoyed that said, you know, in my future, this is what I'm going to do because this job I'm doing right now has really resonated with me.
0: The work that I did for the National Productivity Institute, because it was really about how communication... um, makes an impact on the um, sustainability of an organization and how you measure the impact that communication can make on the sustainability of the organization. And that is is why I'm still so passionate about measurement Mm. because um, it is so obvious that we can measure, but people are scared Mm. That they might not have achieved what they want to achieve, so they don't measure
1: well and it's it, it reminds me when i i visited uh your hometown yeah. um pretoria and and we were out of johannesburg at uh, uh, a session we were running for um unilever yeah and i remember you came yeah. along on the day that we were talking about yeah. measurement because while i was in town in your town there was no way known i wasn't going to invite yeah. amanda hamilton at doctor to come talk measurement at that time so it was absolutely fabulous to have you there and and you have been a real influence when it comes to measurement and um, and particularly when it looks at research um, and how that informs communication mm. and then how we measure that. Uh, and if I ever, ever have any questions, I always come to you, Amanda, you know that. <laughs>
0: thank you, Adrian. It's but, always a pleasure to help.
1: But tell me a little bit about business DNA um, because, you know, you've taken your passion, your career, and you've turned it into your business. Mm. What is it that you do in business DNA and how do you help organisations?
0: When I decided to start my business, um, I went out to lunch with a a friend of mine. And he said to me, Amanda, what are you going to do now? So I said to him, you know, Vivi, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into the DNA of a business and find that chromosome that's defective and change that. And when I said that, because at that stage I didn't have a name, the moment I said that, I realized that that is the name of my business, Business DNA. The bulk of our work is in research. Uh, so we do all kinds of communication research. We do just a channel analysis, but we will also do a full-scale um, communication audit. Um, we will train communication uh, professionals, and we will train first-line managers in communication because that is one of the things that um, I feel is there's a, there's a major need uh, because we cannot take accountability for um, every message that goes out. We must empower people. And for me, what I often say to communication professionals is that our superpowers, <laughs> we have two superpowers. The one is we know how to structure a message to influence a person. And if you don't believe me, just go back in Google Bell Pottinger and you see how messages can (laughs) take a country, South Africa, to the verge of civil war. And we have our other superpower is that we know how to distribute information, the channels that we use. And we can take accountability for that. But... Operational information is what drives uh, com- uh, organizations. And with our knowledge of communication, we need to be much more involved in empowering line managers mm-hmm. to communicate. Yeah. Because if they are effective communicators, a lot of things will improve. And we must just make them our friends. Mm-hmm. And they, if they support you, it will just be a breeze. Yeah, it's
1: not. It's not about getting into confrontational no. situation with managers, isn't it? We are their friend, their ally, and we're supporting them.
0: Yeah, because we want to empower them. You know, if they uh, need to learn a new skill, how to, to work a new piece of technology, they are trained to use the new piece of technology. Now, communication and the the. The audience, the needs of the the target groups, the people, the team members, change constantly. Mm -hmm. And they also need to be trained to understand how do you communicate to these new faces that sits Mm -hmm. in front of you. That's right. And we should not be reluctant to market ourselves as people that can empower them to be effective because they don't do it. And that research often shows they don't communicate because they are scared because they do not know how.
1: How absolutely. So, given you know, and I'm going to ask you for your sage advice now for for because there's a lot of younger communication professionals that listen. Um, what would be your one piece of advice you'd give an up and coming communication professional about what they should be doing in their career to really strengthen?
0: Um, they should do an annual skills evaluation and competence evaluation. And they must be ruthless and say um, the world changed. Our world changes at the speed of lightning. So every year as a young, as as, as a communication professional, Mm. you need to sit and say, well, what are the new things that I need to do? What are the new skills that I need to learn in the next three months, six months, nine months, 12 months? And have a plan. Yeah. Because if you don't have a plan and if you don't set yourself deadlines, in 12 years' time, you will be as competent as you are today. And unfortunately, then you will be in
1: <laughs> very good advice. And, and Amanda, I cannot thank you enough for catching up today. It's been great talking to you. So thank you very much.
0: Pleasure, Adrian. always great talking to
1: you. <laughs> Excellent. And that's it for another episode of A View from the Top. We look forward to you listening in on our next episode coming up shortly. Thank you and goodbye.